I'm Tara Gray. Today in Henrico, my guest is Charlita Richardson, President and CEO of the nonprofit Partnership for the Future. This nonprofit has helped more than 700 students prepare for college and the workplace. Hi, Charlita. How are you? Hi, Tara. I'm well. How are you? Good. I'm happy to have you join me. This nonprofit has so many, um, I guess, ways that they have, have helped the community. But let's start off with some history. I'm always fascinated by how nonprofits get started. And this one is no different. This nonprofit's inspiration is a teenager named Cedric Jennings. And it's important, I think, to share the why um, and then kind of go into a little bit of history of Partnership for the Future. So if you'd like to start there, and then we can talk about how the program works. Okay. Well, you know, the why of Partnership for the Future ultimately is really about preparing students for success in the workplace, um, as well as success in life and college. So the story goes is that our founder, Mr. Alan Kirshner, who at the time was the CEO of Markel Corporation, based right in Henrico on Glen Allen, mm-hmm. um, Allen in 1994 read a book or a Wall Street Journal article written by a man by the name of Ron Suskind. And Ron wrote this article about Cedric Jennings. Cedric was from inner D.C. Um, he went up to a, an Ivy League institution up north for a summer program his 11th grade year. And while he was at that program, uh, the admissions representative pretty much told Cedric, don't waste your time applying um, to the school because you'll never make it. And what we realize, and as you read the article and the books written about Cedric's life, is that the admissions counselor just didn't put it eloquently enough. And, and right. what he was trying to say is that Cedric really lacked some of the cultural competency skills um, to be successful in that environment, um, having not necessarily been exposed to a lot of things coming from the NDC environment um, in his school. And so when Alan read the article, he began to wonder if it would happen to any students in his community. And he received a resounding yes. And so he reached out to Dr. Laverne Spurlock, who at the time was the director of guidance for Richmond Public Schools, and began to ask her questions. And she said, I can tell you 12 students directly that it would happen to. And so, you know, we, we always say and tell people we started with very small, 12 students straight out of RPS um, in 1995 was the first year we brought in students. And, you know, Alan began to go out and talk to different businesses in the community just to understand would they be willing to support the students. Um, and unfortunately, he received a lot of no's, except from three companies, uh, one being Markel Corporation, which, of course, he ran, so that couldn't be a no. Um, then there was S&K Menswear, as well as Best Products. And so we started very humble beginnings. 12 students, three business sponsors, and today we've grown to having over 70 plus businesses in our 26 years that work with our students. And we average approximately a little over 400 students annually throughout the program. Um, and we've grown to be in more districts. So now we're directly, Henrico County was our next school district after Richmond. Um, and then we grew into Goochland County, and now we're in Chesterfield County as well. So Growth has been exponential, um, and we have been tackling that issue of what Cedric was facing, which was the culture competency. And we do that by giving students a lot of exposure um, to things. And so, you know, I love to just talk about the program and the history and the foundation and then where we're going from here. Um, but it's amazing um, 
and I want to conclude and wrap up Cedric's story because I always tell my students, even though we tell you Cedric may have withhold that information, Cedric actually ended up doing pretty well. He actually graduated from Brown and Harvard, so mm-hmm. he still made it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So the, the, the program, it begins their freshman year of high school, right? If you want to go ahead and talk a little bit how, how the program works. So we um, have five high schools in Henrico County, specifically Henrico High, Hermitage, Hollis Springs, Verona, and Tucker. Um, okay. Students apply during their ninth grade year, and usually applications come out around January, February of the year. Um, and so they would have had their full first nine weeks and part of the summer of maybe the first half of the school year completed. Um, and so we have those grades. They have to have a minimum 3.0 GPA. Um, and we ask the counselors in each school to pull every student with that GPA requirement. We don't want anyone to select for us. Um, and then oh. we go and do presentations to those students in the schools with that GPA requirement and kind of share a little bit about the program. We have uh, students who are in the program come speak. Um, students have to then submit an application that includes an essay, really about talking about their future goals and success. Um, and then from there, they will, in a traditional year, as we know, COVID is not traditional year. Right. But, um, <laughs> in a traditional year, they would typically have an interview with um, a current CFS student, a board member, as well as a staff member. And then we would select our candidates from there. So okay. Okay, so each year, how many are selected? We on average select about 75 as our new Okay, so that's a little bit about the program. So I'm assuming after that process is over, um, is that when you, the student is officially a PFF student? Is that right? Yes, yeah, so okay. after they've been officially accepted in a PFF, then they they start the whole program, which is usually in the summer. We began with what we call the PFF Institute Week at Randolph-Macon College. Um, and oh, okay. They stay overnight for an entire week. Um, and then they're with us every Friday, and we're doing a lot of cultural workshops. We're doing workshops on public speaking, time management. We're talking about um, giving back and your attitude, gratitude, um, philanthropy, everything is built into that and then we're doing some of the hardcore skills to prepare them for internships. I obviously uh looked at the website. There is so many good um I guess little tidbits of information hidden in the website. Um you don't really have to look far. It's pretty pretty easy website. It's how we work that you know gives the overview, success stories, ways to support partnership for the future, which is what I want to talk a little bit about now. There are uh, mentor, mentor, you can volunteer, or you can donate. All three are so important for this nonprofit. So if you'd like to speak a little bit about um, either one of those. Sure. So we are, you know, as a small nonprofit, as I said, we work with about 400 students a year. We have a staff of six individuals, so very small staff. So mm-hmm. we require volunteers across the board. We average about 300 volunteers a year annually. Um, and our volunteer opportunities go from long term where it's, um, you know, run from September to March in our guide program, working with our high school seniors and their applications to one term, you know, very short time frame is commitment. Some of 30 minutes, some are just reviewing essays. So we depend a lot on the community for that. We also have an opportunity where we we definitely need internship sites in our community. And so that's an opportunity for businesses to step up, be it small, medium or large companies, to host an intern in the summer for seven weeks. 
Monday through Thursday. Um, it gives the students a chance to really build on their skills and, and see and get used to practicing some of the skills that we've been working with them on. Um, and then outside of that, as a nonprofit, we always can benefit from donations and dollars being sent to the organization. Um, you know, all of our, our students very, pay very little. Um, in fact, the only time we really actually pay $25 to go on the spring break college tour for three days. Um, that's oh. the extent of pretty much the expenses outside wow. of that. And we cover everything else for the students throughout their four years in the program itself. Um, so we always could depend on financial support and, and really appreciate those in the community that have stepped up to help us. Yes, this, this um, nonprofit is, I'm going to encourage the listeners to please visit the website. Did you want to mention on your website any other contact information that you wanted to share or um, any other social media? Sure. So a, a website is www.partnershipforthefuture.org. Our social media is strictly Partnership for the Future. Um, our Twitter is PSF underscore Richmond. And we have Instagram, which I can never remember that one. <laughs> um, but I'm sure it's either PFF Richmond or something to that extent. Right, right. It's fairly consistent. So. Right. Did you want to mention your partners really quick? I know you mentioned in the beginning who kind of believed in your in your vision and was re ready to, and willing to go along with what you guys were wanting to do. But did you want to mention your partners now? We have so many partners. You know, I just. We're thankful for all of them, and definitely our school district who stepped up again at Richmond and Lyco, Richmond and Chesterfield County. Um, we have several businesses. You know, you can see a list of our business sponsors on our website that post and turn. Um, but even the colleges that have come on board. So we're just thankful for everybody. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, that's nice. That's very nice. I really appreciate you uh, joining me today. Again, this is a great nonprofit, and I'm so happy to be able to help share your message. Would there be anything that you could think of as far as um, negatively how the um, nonprofit has been affected as far as COVID? Obviously, no one's in school now and hasn't been since March. But is there anything that you can think of that has, uh, I guess, been uh, a negative for the last few months um, during the pandemic? Sure. You know, I think, unfortunately, what we've seen is we have seen a decrease in donations coming to the organization, uh, primarily because a lot of people, rightfully, rightfully so, have been focused on, um, you know, high needs or immediate needs. Right. But I encourage the community to just remember and think about that education is still a critical component mm -hmm. of, of what's going on and that we need to we need to continue to develop and work with these young people because they're going to be the ones that's going to solve for the next Hopefully, right. long time away pandemic. <laughs> right, but exactly. We, you know, they're going to solve for that. They're going to figure out those things. So we need to continue to support organizations that are putting out educational initiatives like this one as well. Yes. So that's the biggest thing. Thank you again. I appreciate it. And what a great nonprofit. Please take a look at the website, Partnership for the Future. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pat.